Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. My name is Bron and, uh, and um, I'm going to bring the word today. So I really want to help you with your Christmas shopping. Am I too late for anyone? Done all your Christmas shopping. Kathy, anyone else? Bree had hers done in October. Yep, we've got a few super organised people here. Anyone like you're like, it's not Christmas Eve, why would I have my Christmas shopping done yet? Yeah, I hear you, I feel you. Um, Well, I want to help you with that. And uh, the title of today's message is How to Give. And before you say, oh, I brought a friend and you're going to preach on how to give. Like, and if you're visiting today, you're like, are you one of those churches? It's like, if you give $42, 42 years, God will give you a brand new house. But if you give $4,200... In 42 days, God will give you a brand new house. And if you give $4,200,000, why ain't you bought a house already? That's heaps of money to have lying around. No, we're not that kind of church. And maybe you've seen someone like that on TV. It's how to give good gifts this Christmas. Not how to give, how to give good gifts this Christmas. Let's face it. It's expected that you're going to give this Christmas. If you go to someone's house and they give you a gift and you didn't get that one, they'll say... Oh, I didn't expect you to get me anything. False, they did. They totally did. And, and you're now disappointing. Um, and, 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 and that person that you don't know what to buy for, and so you get them the donkey for the family in Peru, um, you just gave them two gifts. One, you didn't give them a gift at all. You gave a family in a Peru a gift. But you gave them the gift of disappointment, and then you also gave them the gift of guilt because who should feel guilty about giving a family a donkey in Peru when you've got a car in the garage? It's not fair. But unfortunately, that is the case, and, and the family in Peru were really happy, but you're not happy, and, and you don't know how to say that to the person. <laughs> so um, if you want to get me something, tip. Not a donkey in Peru. Um, if you bought a Bible today, brought a Bible, not bought, but maybe you bought one, maybe you found somewhere open, um, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. If you didn't, we've got it up on the screen. And I'm going to read for the ES, from the ESV today. It might be a little bit of different language than you're used to, a little bit more formal. Uh, if you're new to reading the Bible, I encourage you to get a hold of the NLT or something like that. That'll help you um, really be able to understand. Or if you've got an app that you're allowed to choose different um, versions from, NLT will really help you. Uh, but the ESV is a bit more formal, but I'm, I'm going to dive into that today. It says, now it is superfluous. Everybody say Superfluous. That's your challenge. Around the Christmas table this year, use the word superfluous. Um, For me to write to you about the ministry for the saints, for I know your readiness, of which I boast about you to the people of Macedonia, saying that Achaia has been ready since last year. Now, let me just pause for a moment, give you a bit of context. Paul's writing to a church about giving and providing for the church, specifically the poor, okay? And so he's talking to them. And as we read through this chapter, you might be like, this is nothing about giving gifts this Christmas, but there's going to be principles here that we can apply in our gift giving. And uh, he's talking to the people of Macedonia, and, um, and, but Achaia is in Greece, and the capital of that region was Corinth. So that's why it's found in the book of Corinthians. And he's, um, he's talking to them about, he's been bragging about their generosity. And so he's going to send some people to go and collect the gift that they've been putting away regularly because in the first letter he wrote to them and said, when it comes to giving, I want you to set aside an amount in keeping with your income. Now, personally, I love this. I find this so freeing 
Because if you have made it big, you bought some cryptocurrency in 2016 and now you're a billionaire. Anyone? Anyone? Anyone not understand cryptocurrency at all? Have I got anyone like, what is that? Yes, thank you, everybody. <coughs> um, some of you are like, noob. But anyway, um, so cryptocurrency, you've made it big. Well, then you give in keeping with your massive increase in cryptocurrency. But if you lost your job last week and now you're on Centrelink benefits, then you give in keeping with your income of Centrelink benefits. That is so wonderful of God and so pastoral of Paul to say that we're not comparing amounts with each other, but we're all giving out of what we have. That's really exciting to me. Um, But that's not what we're talking about today. Uh, What we're talking about is giving good gifts. So let me keep going. And your zeal has stirred up most of them, but I am sending the brothers so that our boasting about you may not prove empty in this matter, so that you may be ready as I said you would be. Otherwise, if some Macedonians come with me and find that you are not ready, we would be humiliated to say nothing of you for being so confident. So he's saying, I don't want to send these guys to get the gift. And you're like, we're supposed to give a gift. He's saying, I'm giving you some warning. They're coming. Be ready. Um, Verse 5. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you and arrange in advance for the gift you have promised so that it may be ready as a willing gift, not as an exaction. Gift, giving, and giving in general should never be as an exaction. You see, when it's an exaction, that's me coming to the church and saying, I, I, I'm going to exact this amount of money from you. I'm going to manipulate you or I'm going to pander to your emotions rather than your generosity to give. And, and, and that can lead to manipulation. If you've seen the movie Luther or if you know your history, you know that there was a time that the church... Um, would give, would tell people that go travelling and say, do you want to get your family that are already dead out of hell or out of purgatory? And if so, then give. And uh, there was actually a saying that was preached, John, that every time the coins in the coffers clink, that someone's soul is retrieved from purgatory and into heaven. So you could buy your relative out of hell or purgatory and so the church could build its big grand buildings and the powers that be could get more and more powerful Um, And we would say, that's awful, but I don't know if you've watched stuff lately, people who actually kind of do the same thing um, when it comes to manipulating people to give. You give this and you'll get healed, or you give this and you'll get blessed. It's uh, it's not the way that God wants to do it. Verse 6, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. By the way, I do think you do get blessed if you give, but it's not the way that we should be trying to exact it from people. Verse 8, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, He has distributed freely, He has given to the poor, His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. So I want to bring four things from this passage today on how to give good gifts this Christmas. 
Um, like I said, this is about God first giving this passage. And, uh, and while we practice that, and I'm unapologetic about that, and I live under the blessing of that, that's not what I'm talking about today. I want to talk to you about the principles that will help us not only with Christmas, but with life. And number one is that mastery matters. Mastery matters. Now, I did go and see Spider-Man. Who wants to know what happens at the end? Uh, <laughs> spoiler. Um, but there is mastery in that. Dr. Strange is in that. It's not that kind of mastery. Mastery matters. Mastering your resource matters when it comes to generosity. We should never, as we read, give out of exaction. That's someone exacting it from us. No, no, no. We should know what we're giving. We should be aware of what we're giving. We never want to be so tight, fisted, that we can't just release it. But nor do we want to be just so free and easy that we have no idea what's going on and that we're just like, oh, all is good. It'll all be fine. We don't want to be tight-fisted because the Bible says, the proverb says that the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller and the world of the generous gets larger and larger. But this generosity doesn't mean that we should have no idea of what is going on in our finance. You see, what can happen is, is that if we've got no idea, we can just start to nimble stuff. Anyone heard of nimble? Seen those ads? Nimble. Who? If you have to nimble Christmas this year, I want to encourage you, just don't give gifts this Christmas. That's okay. If you have to be before pay Christmas, don't give gifts this Christmas. I free you. You can tell your family when you sit down for Christmas lunch and all the presents come out. Oh, Pastor Bron told me I don't have to give this Christmas. And I'm like, looking at you and I'm like, I'm sorry, she said it. It's not me. She said it. If you have to afterpay Christmas, don't afterpay Christmas. Don't, don't give gifts this Christmas. Look, I understand we want to be generous. But I, I spent way too many years as, as a young person putting Christmas on the credit card and paying it off till June. And I want to encourage you that mastery matters. Knowing what you're giving matters. I love that this passage because it says the point is whoever reaps, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do what they've decided in their own heart to give. What it doesn't say is I don't have much grain, so I'm going to go to the bank and get some grain and sow it, so hopefully I'll reap something. No, no, I'm only ever giving out of my store of grain. I'm only ever giving out of what I have. Um, God spoke to me many years ago on a car trip. I was listening to Andy Stanley, and he said this line, you've got to be knowing where your money is going. Now, Lockie says, if it rhymes, it must be true. Um, I just found that it was a strange sentence, but you've got to be knowing where your money is going. And I thought about that. And as I thought about that and pondered it and wondered if I knew where my money was going and having never stuck to a budget, God said, I want you to do, Bron, what you have to do so I can do what I want to do. I want you to do what you have to do so that I can do what I want to do. You see, I was not good soil to bless because I would just not know where my money was going. I wouldn't have a clue where it had been, where it's, who it's being generous to or, or, or where it's being spent. I just would not know where my money was going. And I didn't have enough of it to live like that. And so from that point, well, no, not from that point. It took me about three years to be obedient. But after that, I now write down, every day I go and have my quiet time. And the first thing I do after that in my prayer journal is I write down, check my bank accounts and write down every single thing that I've spent. Now, I know, write down, I'm 87. I don't have an app. I don't know how to integrate it with my bank accounts. Nothing like that. I literally write it down and I put it into categories. And that has been the best thing for me. And from there, I believe that God has actually been able to trust me more with finance because I've been knowing where it's going. Mastery matters. Bit by bit, our finance has changed. Don't give what you can't afford to impress people that don't like you anyway. 
why are they at your Christmas table if they don't like you? Well, it happens. Let's face it. Listen to Daz's 8.30. Don't be offended. Okay. Um, master impulsiveness. Master compulsiveness. Master stinginess. We don't want to be any of those things. Mastery matters. We want our giving to not master us. We want to master it. We don't want to be so pressured that we just give willy-nilly. We want to be in control. And when I say in control, I don't mean stingy. You might say, oh, bro, I'm just really careful. I'm really diligent. And, and would someone be able to say, no, no, you're just really stingy. You're just really not generous at all. So let's be generous, but let's master our finance. Ecclesiastes 4.6 says, better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. And verse 7 says, um, each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Mastery matters. You know, we had years where we couldn't give the kids a Christmas present. It's when we got dug from the pound. That was not a good idea either. <laughs> that cost us a whole lot of money. <laughs> um, but, you know, God, God comes through. And, and if you've got to make gifts this year, if you need to make a paddle pop stick frame for somebody <laughs> and put your photo in it, do that. Like, let's forget about the pressure and let's make sure that we've mastered our finance and our gift giving. Number two, manner matters. The manner in which you give matters. Verse five says this. It says, so I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead of you and to arrange in advance for the gift that you had promised. And then it says, the point is this, whoever reaps so sparingly will reap sparingly, etc. Verse 7, each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So mastery, they've mastered it, but then they give it cheerfully. The manner in which you give actually matters. Not in a weird Will Farrell elf kind of manner, but in just a, oh, this is such a joy to me to be able to give. Imagine if we actually got real joy out of giving this Christmas. It wasn't the stress. It wasn't the pressure of finding the right gift, but it was like, I get to give this Christmas. And imagine if we lived life like that. You could just give. Now, I don't know. Like, does anyone get quirky mother-in-law gifts? Anyone? Yeah, like, like the woodpecker that goes pop, 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 down, the, down the stick. Anyone ever get that for Christmas? Uh, I don't know what that is. But uh, it's just random. But, but, but imagine you could take all the expectations off, that your only expectation is your own attitude, that the way that you give this Christmas and the way that you give in life in general, that your only expectation and the only thing that you have control over is the way in which you give it, that it's a joy to you to give. You relish the opportunity to be generous. You feel every moment of Jesus' words that it's more blessed to give than receive and you make it a joy. You feel God's love as you give cheerfully because manna matters. Mastery matters, manna, the manner in which you give matters. Number three, mindset matters. This one is life-changing. Mastery matters, the manner in which you give matters, but mindset matters. I want you to consider this for a moment. You maybe have heard me say this before, that everything you have is God's. Now, you might be a hard worker. You might be a self-starter. And you're like, well, I earned this. It's mine. But just consider for a moment, if you were like the psalmist who says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything that you have is His. Everything that we have on this earth is a stewardship. And the way we steward it in our life reflects how we think about God. Now, hold that thought because you maybe heard that before. Maybe you expect to hear that in church. What about this? That everything that he has is yours. Everything that he has is yours. The Bible in James calls God the father of lights. 
that every good thing comes from Him. That every good thing is available to you through Him and He doesn't change like shifting shadows. Could it be that just our perception of what is good is what needs to change rather than Him? He is the giver of every good gift. He is the giver of every good gift. Everything He has is yours. You get seed from Him. You get bread for food. Everything that it says there, let me read it to you from... Verse 10, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. He is the supplier. He says, you'll be enriched in every way in verse 11 to be generous. It's so amazing. Everything that he has is yours. And if we can get away from this scarcity mindset and a poverty mindset of I've got to strive for everything I have, I've got to work hard for everything I have, and so now it's mine and and then I become tight-fisted and it traps me where I am, to just this release, this flow of everything I have is His and everything He has is mine and I can give joyfully and cheerfully and we enter into this flow. Our mindset actually matters. Just examine right now, what is your mindset around giving? And what is, what do you think that it's scarcity, that you just don't have much and, and that's your focus? Can you lift your focus this morning to everything he has is yours? He's given you everything you need to will and act according to his will. Mastery matters, manner matters, mindset matters, and motivation matters. Why do, why do we give? When we give out of what we have, not out of what we don't have, And we give cheerfully and not in the least because we know where our help comes from. It comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Our motivation changes. Listen to verse 8 here. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. That's the so that. That's the motivation. Not so that you can be the awesomest person. Because who knows that that doesn't last very long. Who's ever gotten their child a gift and you're like the best person in the world and then the next day you're not again because you told them to clean their room? Like it doesn't last. There's no point having all that pressure on yourself to get the perfect gift. But the motivation is that, that you'll be enriched so that you can keep on giving, so that you can keep on being generous, so that we can just keep on loving people and being generous and seeing needs and, and meeting them. When we receive, well, when we receive, it's for others. Anything I get once received, I should be looking around for who to pass the blessing on to. We've been talking in Genesis about Abraham and how he was made a great nation. And God makes him this promise. He says, you'll be a great nation, Abraham, and you'll be the most powerful person on earth. And everyone at some point will bow down and worship you. No, that's not what he says. He says, Abraham, you're going to be a great nation, so that through you, all nations might be blessed. What God gives is always to us, through us, for others. It's to us, for us, through us, for others. Whatever you get, it's for you, to you, through you, for others. Say that 16 times fast. Go. Okay. (laughs) Thank you, Scarlett. Good job. Um, It's so that you can be generous on every occasion. And also this, it's so that, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. How cool is that? 
the, the idea is it doesn't even flow back to us in praise to us. It flows into thanksgiving for God. You see, these people, they lived in a place where you didn't tweet or hashtag or put on the GoFundMe page your name so that everyone knew how much you gave. It was simply you gave to this other region and no one even met you. But you were giving to the poor of that region. They never even met you. And, and it resulted in thanksgiving to God. Because when you don't have a person that you can personally thank, you'll much more naturally thank God. We don't need the blessing of it. It's thanksgiving to God. It's for the glory of God and for the good of people. It's not for your glory in the eyes of people. It's to lift God up in the eyes of people because that's for their good. Amen. Amen. Mastery matters. Manner matters, mindset matters, and motivation matters. Imagine if our motivation, like just imagine the pressure that comes off if it's just like, I get to give this year. I get to give. Oh, what a blessing. Oh, this gives me joy. I'm not feeling the pressure. I'm not feeling the expectation. Some of you are like, I don't give, so I don't feel any pressure or expectation. (laughs) Okay, let's have a talk about that too. Um, We give to bless and then there's this beautiful flow that comes. And, 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 you know, I love this, that this is something that I was taught. Um, now, I recognise, okay, I recognise the potential for manipulation and for misappropriation here. But for me, it was a blessing. My pastor taught me that when you give to God, you release it. That's it. Now, if the pastor takes it and buys a Audi, is that really good? Lamborghini? like the one that Daz just bought, <laughs> that's his business and that's between him and God. But I still receive the blessing from my giving. I give out of a heart to give to God and put God first in my giving. And so from there, it's not my business anymore. Whatever happens, I still receive the blessing no matter whether that, those funds are misappropriated or anything else. Now, I think we should make sure we're giving into good soil. I think we should do due, due diligence. But at the end of the day, if I give, it's released. And so... Think about this. When you give, and then you, <laughs> has anyone ever had this happen? Then you see it re-gifted. <laughs> we got a massage machine at, a, at, a, at our wedding, and uh, and then later we saw the people, and I don't know what we would never usually say something like this. And they said, "Oh, how do you like the massage machine?" Like it was rubbish. I don't know. What, we would never usually say something like that. We went, yeah, we know. We re-gifted it to you because it was so hopeless. <laughs> so, so, but once, you know, so, so that, there's potential for offence there. We didn't take offence. We thought it was hilarious and re-gifted it to the next person. <laughs> but just think about it. Once released, it's not your business anymore. You don't need to worry if that person liked it or they didn't like it. You did it. When you know that you did it with a good heart, and you just gave, then you're free. You're good to go. And so in order to be generous, not only at Christmas, but in our lives, let's get into this flow of I'm doing it to bless. And once gone, it's gone and it's none of my business anymore. I'm going to ask um, Nath, I assume, or Dan, whoever's coming in the last two minutes, I'm going to ask you to come five minutes early because people are now feeling so released that they feel they're not procrastinating around their Christmas shopping anymore. They're going to go out and do it today. But I want, to, I want to ask you the question, have you considered the gift that you've received? I'd love us to have a moment of contemplation right now and ask, have you considered the gift that you've received or maybe you haven't received it yet? See, the Bible says in John 3, 16, one of the most quoted verses that once upon a time I would have said that we all know, but I teach scripture now and nobody knows it. John three sixteen says that God loved the world so much that he gave that He gave His only Son, that whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. 
And Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says that, that, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. But the first part of that verse is, He demonstrated His love for us in this. So God so loved that He gave, and God so, and He demonstrates His love for us by giving Himself, dying for us, even when we didn't care about Him, when we had no interest in Him whatsoever. So I'd love us to contemplate a couple of things right now, just in a minute, before we continue the conversation. And it's simply this. Can you make your motivation to give for the glory of God and the good of people, but can you bring it back to love? So I don't know about you, but I write a list of all the people that I've got to give to and I write down some ideas. I don't even think about love as I'm writing all those things down. Can we bring ourselves intentionally today as we're about to walk into Christmas this week and just experience love? Think of the people that you're buying for and and choose love for them. How cool. And even more than that, that we would receive God's love. That you would know that He demonstrates His love for you in this, that while you didn't care about Him, and maybe that's even as recently as this morning, that He died for you. And you can receive the best gift this morning, that of His love and His peace and relationship with Him. So let's just close our eyes. Firstly, I just want you to imagine everyone that you're buying for this year, if you're buying for anyone. And if you've got no one on your list, I'd like to you know, put my name there. Just think about the person that you're buying for, the people that you're buying for, the list that you have, the list that you've already fulfilled and ticked off. Can you just, right now in this moment, decide that you're giving that because you love them. we just begin to thank God for those people in our lives. So grateful that we get to buy for those people, that we get to give to those people. Lord, who else are you going to call us to love in 2020 that we're going to be generous to as well, that we're going to have in our lives, that you're going to call us to, to give and give and give. Now I just want to ask you, have you received the best gift that is available for all of humanity and that is the gift of Jesus Christ. Grace of our God pouring into your life. And maybe just even right now as you've got your eyes closed and maybe you've never decided to follow Jesus and receive His grace. And just put your hands out like you're receiving a gift. Maybe right now you even need some more of that. You're like, I, I just need... I just need that grace of God. I just, I just need to recommit. I need to re-surrender. Just open your hands on your lap right now like you're receiving a gift. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would come in and change hearts and change lives. Lord, I pray for people who are wanting to surrender completely to you. Lord, that this would be a stake in the ground. This would be a moment, the week of Christmas 2021 entering into a moment of re-surrender or surrender to You. Lord, I pray that You would bless those who make that decision. Lord, that You would come in with Your love, that it would be like a flood, Lord. That Your peace, peace between them and You would come in like a flood, Lord. Lord, where they would say, I don't want to go my way anymore. I want to go Your way. God, please help me. 
Holy Spirit, help me. Give me the power to be able to do that because I can't do it on my own. Lord, where your peace would just reign and they would know the promise of eternal life that just like the Bible says that you loved them so much, that you gave your only son that if they would believe in You, that they wouldn't perish, but they'd have everlasting life. Lord, I pray that they would experience the peace of that promise this morning in Jesus' mighty Name. Amen. Amen. Let's continue the convo. Hey again. Thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.